0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the EKN Radio Network and another edition of our Hot Seat Podcast. My name is Rob Howden. Thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate it. This Hot Seat Podcast is something we don't do a lot of, but we're going to do a lot more of. Essentially, we're grabbing a top driver or a top industry member from the sport of karting here in North America, putting them on the hot seat, and really getting a chance to kind of do a deep dive into who they are, their thoughts on the sport, what they've been doing lately, and then maybe looking forward to, to what they have uh, down the road. Joining me today, it's Tuesday, September the 17th, and and probably a very topical guy to sit down in the hot seat because he's like the most kind of successful guy out of the gate right now when it comes to shifter cart racing in uh, in North America because he's knocked out a bunch of race wins and a championship here in 2019. I'm talking about Race Liberante. We'll talk about Race's competition that he's done this year, Supercarts USA. He's also part of the industry as well. The Liberante Race Group is his race team. He's got a shop in Pittsburgh. He's an has an engine building company as well. He's doing a lot of stuff, not just in the seat, uh, but out of the seat as well. Let's let's start and bring him in. Race Liberante, thank you much, very much for joining me here on the hot seat.
1: Hey, Rob. It's nice to be on the the radio with you finally. And it's a pleasure to just be here and talking to you guys.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because we we've been trying to plan this for the last probably a week, and uh, I've been just slammed trying to get to a races. I'm starting a four race run here. I, actually, I mean, I'm, I guess in the middle of a four race run, coming back from the Texas Pro Kart Challenge race in Houston. But I do appreciate uh, you coming on this morning here. Yeah, it's, again, it's Tuesday morning. All right. First and foremost, race. Um, we're you know we're going to jump into an or, your origin story in a bit. You're going to tell us you know how the fact that you've been racing for 20 years. You're now 24 years of age. You started when you were four. Let me set the stage real quick, and then we'll have a quick little little deal. I talked about what you've done this year. You kind of came back into the national level of racing this year, uh, running with with uh, J3 competition on a comp cart, of course, your own program, Liberante Race Group. Here's your, here's your 2019 accomplishments, your resume for 2019. You win the Supercarts USA Pro Tour in the Pro Shifter 2 category, four wins in six races. You In the middle of July, you end up winning the USAC carding battle at the Brickyard in the KZ category. And then on Labor Day weekend, you cap off the current run, uh, scoring the King of the Streets victory at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, wow. What a, what a solid season behind the wheel.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this year has honestly been a dream come true. Um, and a lot of it stems off of who I'm working with. J three competition has absolutely made my job that much easier this year. Um, we've been putting on a, a lot of work. I've been putting in a lot of work getting back into the gym and getting you know in shape to do this and on the long runs because it definitely didn't start that way this year. But yeah, yeah, the the success has been has been awesome. awesome. I didn't expect it. Everybody said it takes a couple of years to bounce back, and you know we're we're. Starting to show a lot of progress and what was we thought untapped potential that i wasn't going to really have until maybe supernats or beyond and it's uh it's it's been a really good summer for us
0: and that's something I think we'll touch on you know after i i, I jump i'm going to jump and talk a little bit about your company itself, but when we get into your orange or uh, origin story and we talk about your racing career and and kind of how you c- come back to to karting and get back behind the wheel, I think that's something we're going to talk about because it's been a while you jump back on board. And it, for me, it was great to see you back again. I remember covering you when, you know, obviously during your younger karting days, uh, but out of the gate, you know, at the winter nationals, uh, the SKUZA pro tour uh, opener at, at Cal Speed, I'm, I'm wondering what's race going to be able to do. Oh well, man, the minute you rolled out there, even though we had the trouble with the weather, it was raining when it wasn't, you were running times comparable to a lot of the drivers in the pro category, the best drivers in the sport. Right. And uh, the, the the pro two category, definitely the place you needed to come into but man, you picked it back up so quickly and we're right on power and right on point, which I thought was super impressive. Talked about your 2019 accomplishments. Let's talk. And, and again, trying to introduce you to the EKN radio network and the community here in North America. Not only are you a driver, but you're in the sport as well. And you're in the industry and deeply into the industry with Liberante race group. You were at Mooresville. You moved up to Pittsburgh race complex this year. The focus on your program it's interesting because you're not only it's, you have a racing team, you do a lot of driver coaching as well. You know, you're servicing people, you're you're, you're trying to give that national level experience to the guys that are coming into the sport in Pittsburgh. Uh, but you also, you know, you're doing comp car stuff. You're working with J Three, but you're also building engines as well uh, under your mo- More Torque Racing Engines. Uh, you'll be able to give me the better pronunciation, but you have your own racing engine company as well, man, dude. You got a lot going on. That's pretty cool.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I just, I tried to, um, to build something that I can provide national level experience and service at a local level and a, a local, co- I guess, entry level cost point. Yep. Um, you know, I, I've seen too many people get in and out of the sport because either they were afraid to ask a question or, um, and obviously it would stem to a lot of questions, but, um, or, Didn't get the proper service from this shop or this guy or whatever the case was. So my, I'm pro karting, right? I'm for this sport. I want to see it grow because I think that's what grows this industry of racing as a whole is starting at the at the grassroots level. So I built Liberante Race Group to help anybody with any engine, any chassis, any level of experience better their experience in the karting community.
0: Okay, so we'll obviously jump back into that in a little bit. Let's 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 first. I'm going to kind of kind of step back and give you the stage because I want to hear your origin story. You know, I want to, I want uh, you know you I, I, I want to hear from your words. How did it start? How did you get into the sport? What first drew you to it? You started karting at age four, so I I know we're going to be talking about your dad, and your family. It's always that way. But let's get started. Give me a run through your I guess 20 years of racing because I know it's not just karting. There was some stock car stuff in there as well. Just get, get started. How how did you get into the sport?
1: So I got into the sport when I was, well, first off I was probably three days old when I ended up at Willow Springs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's where, uh, my dad raced go-karts and super karts and road raced, um, with, uh, at the time I believe it was, um, Richie Hearn was driving for my father and, um, so I've been at the go kart track and the racetrack my whole life, and on my fourth birthday, my dad bought me a kid kart, and it all it all started from there. So we raced locally um, growing up. Uh, actually, myself and Louis Pagano grew up right next to each other all the way up the ranks, and uh, nice. and uh, we ended up going um, taking away from full time karting at the age of twelve, and we went legend car racing, and then that moved into the ASA speed trucks. Um, which a lot of carters were going into at the time and yeah, then, yeah. and then, uh, we stepped up to a super late model. Um, won a few championships, got a few track records, um, going through my mid teens. And then honestly, the funds kind of dried up for a little while. We took a little break. Um, then we started road racing our stock car. Um, we got, that was awesome. Got to race guys like Boris said and Sheldon Creed and a lot of big names in the road racing community. And then um, I actually got a ride for some Camping World truck stuff that ended up not panning out in the end, but um, kind of got to that level and then s- took a step back. And um, my dad said, you know, kind of we're, we're kind of done. There's nothing else we can do. If you want to pursue this, you got to kind of go and do it. So when it was on me, I bought a go-kart and a dirt modified, and that's what I did. And got a ride running for Ron Hornaday in North Carolina, and that was kind of the reason we moved. And um, when that kind of ended, i that's when um, I decided that I was going to go back full time in karting because it was something that I could do by myself, essentially, for the most part, you know, building it and going through it and maintaining it. Um, and then here we are now.
0: Let's let's dive a little deeper into, into you. You know, I understand, obviously, a lot of people go through that. That, that run of, especially with, with the ASA Speed Trucks, you know, running Irwindale or whatever it may be in, in Southern California, you, you know, you're, you're throwing everything at it. You know, your parents, your, your dad's doing whatever he can to, to try to support you in the dream of, of going racing. You, you, you did, some, you know, you're doing the oval stuff. You're doing the, the, the road course stuff with, with the stock car. And I think you did some truck stuff on the, on, the, uh, on the road course as well. He kind of hands it over to you, which happens a lot of times. And it's it's obviously you have the passion for it, so you kept at it. A lot of times when parents say, hey, you know what, we're out of money, the driver says, well, I'm, I'm out of the sport then too, because if you're not paying for me, I'm not going to keep digging. But you, you kept digging, which I love. Um, you, you grabbed a cart. You said you went some dirt modified racing. Can you dive a little deeper into, into the Hornaday program? I, I'd like to know more about you working with, with Ron Hornaday and, and – when you came back to Mooresville, what, what, what were you going to run? Did, did you do some racing for Ron when you came back to, to Mooresville or when came to Mooresville?
1: When I came to Mooresville, um, originally I, I – so at that point I got had the passion for building race cars as well. So on the, on the flip side of my racing career or um, or lack thereof, I guess, um, I, I started building race cars and setting race cars up. So um, I was setting up dirt modifieds for guys. I was setting up uh, asphalt late models for for different teams. And so most of that, I was just trying to get more involved in the industry. I had this dream that maybe I can go to North Carolina and drive a little bit, but learn how to build race cars and maybe become a crew chief one day or something like that. So um, I actually, I met Ron through a, uh, an old crew chief of mine in the stock car stuff, um, took a visit out to North Carolina, watched a race and hung out with them. And uh, he said, you know, why don't you, why don't you move out here and start helping me build these race cars and we'll, we'll eventually get you in one. I said, Well, yeah, I'm looking for a change of scenery anyway. So literally got home, packed my bags, and uh, two months later, I was living in North Carolina. And um, so for the most part, I was helping them build cars, helping them set up cars. Um, His driver, Billy Workman, super talented, super smart when it comes to dirt modified. So I learned a lot from those guys. Um, Never actually got the opportunity to race. Every time we got a race car ready, we ended up selling it.
2: And that was kind of yeah. my
1: deal with him was we build a race car, we race it, we win, we sell it, we build another one. Um, so we we never really got to that point. And then it got to the point where I got some opportunities to drive some other things. And I was more focused on building Liberante Race Group. And it, it just kind of fizzled out to what I can consider right now actually a better situation.
0: Well, it's interesting. So you then you move on to your, your own. Obviously, you can learn a lot from Ron Hoare today. For those who may not know, uh, I don't know how many, multi-time champion uh, in, in NASCAR, but the, the West program, right? The, the, that, that deal. just man, He's a legend legend in, in truck racing as well. So uh, definitely a guy you can glean some information off. You end up starting Liberante Race Group. And the interesting thing, and probably helped in the transition back to karting, was here you are in Mooresville. And of course, one of the most beautiful tracks in the country now. Uh, More, uh, you know, the Mooresville Motorplex is there for you to kind of be able to 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 use as a place to base off Liberanti Race Group. How, how does Liberanti Race Group then develop at that point? Are, are you in the stock cart world? Are you still setting carts up? Are setting people up with with their cars, or do you immediately transition to carts?
1: Um, right now, actually, it's kind of in, in between. So I do still do. Actually, I moved up. my, I stepped my game up for the setup side of things. Um, now I'm actually crew chiefing and engineering a, uh, a Trans Am TA1 car for Michelle okay. Nagaya of the uh, Trans Am West series. And so that's really the only car I'm setting up anymore. But that's more of like a family. We've been family friends for years. And I want to see you do well, and
0: I mean more and more. When, when after you left Ron, like what what year? When did you leave Ron to go strike out on your own kind of thing? What, what year was that?
1: Uh, that was actually about a ten months from or fourteen months from from about now. Oh wow!
0: So most really recently, okay. Yeah, really
1: recent. So, and I did a little bit of both. I'd still go help set up the race cars or weld on the on a new chassis or whatever it was at Ron's at uh, at nighttime. Then I'd be at the track coaching a kid or setting a card up during the day.
0: Okay, so so the transition was right from working with Ron Hornaday right into Liberante Race Group being kind of front and center at at Mooresville GoPro Motorplex working with working with drivers, young kids, and karting that kind of thing at that point.
1: Yep. Yeah, that was exactly it. So it just, it transitioned smooth, uh, for the most part. I mean, I was working out of my garage at the house I was renting and, um, you know, borrowing tools from this guy or that guy to really get <laughs> it going. And, um, now we've, we've kind of built it to where we've got a little bit of an engine shop at, uh, in my backyard garage and doing cart stuff at the track, working up at J three, working with those guys. So it's in, in a year's time, it's really progressed quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Wow, what a that, that's a whirlwind! You go from you know working, you know, essentially doing the sweat equity, uh, you know, working on on cars, building cars with Ron Horde, hoping to get a seat, to being the Pro Shifter Two champion and the Scusa Pro Tour. Currently, now with with our new EK and driver rankings, ranked as the eleventh, you know, top eleven driver, eleventh in our driver rankings, uh, and you haven't even moved to Pro One yet, which will come in twenty twenty. That's Man, that's a whirlwind from you really focusing on karting at, at Mooresville, then moving up to Pittsburgh, continuing your relationship with with J Three. That, that seems like this last fourteen to sixteen months have, have been a real whirlwind for you.
1: Yeah, they've been extremely busy to say the least. But honestly, I like a I live a busy lifestyle I'm, like you. I'm always on the go doing something. Yep. So I wouldn't imagine any other way. And honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything as of where I'm sitting right now.
0: We'll come back and talk more about the, the Trans Am program you have going. But so here, well, here's my thing. The obvious question then is, you know, you jump back in, you, you you have the mandate, you know, the mission statement for the company that we talked about, and that's working with you know local drivers and 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 giving them that national level service, and, and potentially if they want to move forward, you can work with them because you've been there before. What was the motivation? Like, wh- where what was the switch, or where was like what was the conversation about? Hey, saying, hey, in addition to everything we're doing here right now let's go try this three race scusa pro tour and go shifter cart racing. What, what was that conversation?
1: So it, it actually started as just a test day. So uh, last season I drove for J three one time, it was just a one-off um, F series race, which is Marco old offer series. Yep. And, um, and we ended up winning and doing well. And, and from there, John Giacomelli was actually my mechanic that weekend. And he goes, Hey, why don't you, if you're moving up to Pittsburgh, why don't you come work with us next year? So in the winter, Um, I worked with them a little bit at the winter tour and I asked him if I could hop in a shifter cart and just so I knew what it felt like that way when I was tuning it or somebody was explaining something to me, I could better service them. And so he goes, yeah, have you ever even driven one of these things? And I go, uh, yeah, I've got a few laps in a shifter cart. (laughs) So he's like, okay. So we, uh, we go out there on just the, the Thursday of the, uh, second winter series race in Florida. And we're practicing all day and, and it took me a little while to get my groove again. Cause it'd been, I think two years since I even driven one. And, uh, and we end up being about t- in the top five, top six all, all day. And for, we're looking at the stop, watching at each other and we're like, huh, should we do this? Do you want to <laughs> do pro tour? And then he's like, well, yeah, let's, yeah, let's give it a go. And I'm like, cool. And so I, I called, uh, Frank Baldosier actually. He's been, Every time I see, saw him at Supernats or at a race, he goes, If you ever want to get back in the seat, you call me. We'll figure it out. I'll do whatever yeah. I can to help you.
0: Frank's, so, Frank's awesome. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's honestly been the between him and all of J3, none of this would have been possible. And they all took actually a pretty big leap of faith on me to get to go and do this. And, um, I'm just glad we were able to, to have the success we've had so far this year to pay it back. <laughs>
0: You know, I'm sure there was, you know, looking at those times, there was probably a, a conversation or two, or maybe just in your head about saying, hey, maybe I just need to go straight to the Pro Shifter 1 class because I'm fast enough. But I'm I'm of the position when you're coming back into the sport, you know, you're 24 years of age, come back in. Pro, Pro Shifter 2, I think, was the right place for you because you come back in, you get yourself settled in, you, you set your bar, you set all your understanding, and then you're able to move forward and springboard to the Pro Shifter 1 category next year, if indeed that's the case. Coming into Pro Shifter 2, starting off the season at the Winter Nationals at Cal Speed, what kind of expectations did you have for the season? Because I've obviously talked about what happened. you know, Four wins in six races on the Pro Tour, running speeds that probably would have put you on the podium or top five or whatever it may, what it may be in, in, the, in the Pro 1 category. You win the Brickyard at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You win Rock Island, uh, King of the Streets. Before all that happened, what were your expectations coming in?
1: I expected to top two or three in the championship. Ideally, I knew it was going to take a while to, to to bounce back. I had a lot of conversations with guys like Billy Musgrave, um, the Giacomellis, just people that have been in the sport that I've raced with in the past, and just I kind of got a feel for what I should have been doing. And and everybody said Pro Two, right? So I I that kind of helped me out a little bit because honestly, I have a lot of respect for the pro one drivers. I mean, a lot of people don't see how much time and effort it takes to, to become a pro karting driver at the level that we're racing at now. Agreed. Um, and it's, it's days in the gym, it's, it's days at the track I mean, it's taken away from work hours. So I had to balance between really, what can I commit to and still make money with my business, right. And keep that afloat. So, um pro two was exactly where i thought we should have been and my expectations were were pretty low i mean i wanted to finish top like i said top three in the championship but um honestly it was saturday morning when it was pouring rain at cal speed i go guys we're done i've only raced in the rain one time in my life and it didn't end well <laughs> and they're like really i'm like um yeah we're done so for us to go out there and win that and actually win the overall in the pre-final, I was like, okay, you know what? I keep doubting myself. And then that just changed. That day actually changed my whole mentality on how I was looking at this. I was kind of taking an easy approach to it. But after that, I've I've just been shooting for the moon. And, and uh, you know, my goals keep getting higher and higher and higher every weekend. And, and I'm starting to see more and more progression with myself. But the more time I put in the seat, the more in physical shape I get and things like that. So,
0: Yeah, like, that's cool. That is really cool. Folks, speaking right now with Race Liberanti from the Liberanti Race Group, not only is he a team owner, shop owner, driver coach, but also one of the emerging stars of national-level shifter kart racing, having taken the uh, the Pro Shifter 2 Category Championship on the Scusa Pro Tour. He won the Battle of the Brickyard in the KZ category, fresh off being crowned as the King of the Streets Champion of this year's Rock Island we got lots more to talk with Ray, so stay with us here, folks, on the EKN Radio Network. This is episode number five of The Hot Seat. More to come after this break. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more attempt, right? I'll tell you right now. The best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art Speed sport Racing Park, just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Braille art carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing academy. Rotax is officially back in America. And J3 Competition is the iconic brand's new importer and distributor for the United States. With a focus on top-notch customer service and unparalleled product support, J3 Competition is excited to work with club and regional series to build the Rotax community across the United States. For 2019, J3 Competition formed its Stars and Stripes racing program, which highlights its national Rotax Max Challenge Grand Finals ticket events. The two events... The Stars and Stripes Open and the Stars and Stripes Trophy awarded tickets to 10 drivers to participate in the Rotax Grand Finals in Italy, the sport's most talked-about global event. Rotax is a global leader in two-cycle technology and alongside J3 competition, who brings more than 75 years of experience to the brand here in the U.S. The industry is safe with a bright future. Check out the new Rotax USA program at racerotax.com.
2: As this year's karting season draws to a close, the World Karting Association has turned its focus on the always exciting 2019 Grand National schedules set for this fall. Preparations are underway for the famous WKA Grand National Eagles to be awarded to Bolt Sprint and Road Racers in a pair of big events. Even more exciting, as each race ends the season for Bolt Series, the 2019 National Series points champions will be decided as each series takes on the popular Grand National events. In the National Sprint Race Division, the Bridgestone Manufacturers' Cup, the event will be hosted by the iconic Newcastle Motorsports Park on October 11th through 13th. Once again, for the 2019 Manufacturers' Cup Grand National, series organizers have slated the super-competitive track configuration 40 of the Newcastle Circuit, which promises last-corner battles to the checkered flag for both the Grand National Eagles as well as the championship titles. Road racers in the Vega Tires National Road Race Series will return to the popular National Corvette Museum Circuit in Bowling Green, Kentucky on November 8th through 10th for the season-ending WKA Grand Nationals. Continuing with its cooperative programs, WKA invites both KART and CES as promotional partners for this major event. Two events, the legendary Grand National Eagles awarded, National Series points champions decided. It's the 2019 WKA Grand National schedule. Registration opens September 1st. Visit worldkarting.com to lock in your spot on the grid.
0: Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name's Rob Howden. Episode 5 of the Hot Seat Podcast, where we take one of the top drivers in the sport, an industry member, put them in the hot seat and drill them for a little bit, but really more just to kind of take a deep dive into their careers, what they're doing, their mindset, and and, and how they are uh, such a big part of the sport. Race Liberanti joining me here today, not only one of the top shifter car drivers now in the sport, having won the Scusa Pro Tour Championship in the Pro Shifter 2 category, also a big part of the industry as well in the Pittsburgh area at the Pittsburgh Race Complex through his company, uh, Liberanti Race Group. Before the break race, you talked about the fact that uh, in that opening round, uh, the rounds of the Pro Tour, excuse Scusa Pro Tour, Cal Speed, where we got hit with some torrential rain. You, you of course, coming to this race day, it's raining. You're saying to yourself, "Man, I," you're, you're telling the team, "Even we're, we're probably done here." I, 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 I've only raced in the rain one time, but you come out, and you, I think you probably, and you would, I would, you could probably agree, and, and kind of further on it, you're able to kind of use all the experience that you've had racing stock cars on ovals, on road courses you know, running dirt modified, as you said, you did some dirt modified racing. I'm, I'm assuming sliding that car around is going to help you a little bit, but it's just a natural talent that you have and all the seat time. What happens instead of you struggling in the rain, you end up being super fast and, and leading overall in the pre-final and, and coming away with the win in the, in the pro two class. Talk a little bit more. and Let's get back into how much that kind of changed your mindset and, and maybe help give you some more confidence of who you are as a race car driver.
1: Yeah, I mean, after I mean, after taking two or three years off, and people not wanting to give you a ride, and you know, all the negative things that can happen in this industry, um, you know, it kind of set me back a little bit. And um, and that 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 Saturday is what I actually needed to go. You know what? You've never even done this, especially in a shifter cart. There is no reason you can't go out there and race with these guys. So that set my tone for Sunday. And right off the bat, we were just blistering fast in the morning when it's still kind of damp um i have a lot of miles around cal speed i grew up racing there against billy and a bunch of other guys so luckily that that really played in my favor and really all we were actually lacking that weekend was my physical ability to drive that 175 to its potential for 20 laps
0: yeah that's something we're going to get into uh in a bit. actually you know let's just do it right now i was going to wait till the end but What's it been like driving that 175? You know, I, I talked to a lot of guys who just love it. Just, it's just such a beast to drive. You've obviously been able to race it now over the last little while, uh, last year. From start to finish, how do you feel about the engine right now?
1: I actually really enjoy racing that motor. Um, I like something with a lot of power. I'm used to that with, the, like you said, the stock car stuff, yeah. always having 600, 700 plus horsepower. It's a different driving style that you get accustomed to. You can't be spinning the tires off the corner and whatnot. So I actually really, really enjoy racing that motor. At first, I hated it because it was trying to rip my arms off every time I got in the thing. But once I got adapted to it, once I kind of calmed down with my driving a little bit more and got a little smoother, everything now just seems to flow really well. And that engine just performs really, really, really well. I mean, the the speed with that motor, it's it's no Honda, that's for sure.
0: So here's one thing I want to talk about. Obviously, you've raced so much different stuff over the years. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on the two other races that you won this year. You, you, you came to the USAC karting battle at the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. David Cole and I both r- raced there as well. We were in drastically different speed classes than you, obviously. <laughs> David and I both running Briggs 206, but we had that same kind of experience racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Just there was such a cool vibe there in terms of kind of being more of a grassroots deal. I love the racetrack. It was fun for 206. I can only imagine how much fun it would have been in the 175 there was a lot of wide open parts there where you guys were ripping but there were also a couple of parts I know and kind of watching you guys in the shifters where you were hanging on but it was bumpy and you were guys around the the ragged edge let's start with the battle of the brickyard what are your thoughts on, on that event we'll, we'll talk about your performances but just the event as a whole first
1: the event as a whole is is insane it's it's huge there's 500 go-karts or at least 500 entries at that event usually it's awesome. And to be at the break yard and be able to take a lap around the speedway. Um, J- uh, I think Jason, the flag man, and all of his his crazy, wacky um, <laughs> suits and stuff with his gloves on and everything, it just feels like Indy, right? And I went there last year as a mechanic um, for Zach Schiff and Devin Smith Harden, and we ended up sweeping everything. And, and after that weekend, I was like, I'm coming back next year, and I don't care what I'm in. I'm going to race this race. This is that's just it, right? awesome. And it just happens to be, I just decided to pick the fastest thing you could race there. So, um, no, it's a, it's an amazing event and the whole USAC staff, the Hoosier staff, everybody that put that event on is just so nice. And so I want to, my, my term, I guess I'm going to call it, is pro karting. These guys love kart racing. They love carters. They want to do everything to help grow the sport. And that's what I'm all about.
0: You know, and, and I feel the same way, obviously. Mike Burrell, Jason Burgess, uh, R- Rick Fulks, just the whole staff there. Uh, and again, Randy Coogler on the mic. It was it, I thought it was a tremendous race, the Battle of the Brickyard. What about Rock Island? So, so you, you win the Battle of the Brickyard. Obviously, some great racing there. Rory Vanderster, uh, Josh Lane, everybody you're racing with. The KZ uh, was strong early. You guys in the 175 kind of were very good as well at the Brickyard. Was there, from the very start of these? let's put it this way, from the very start of the season, did you say, hey, we're going to probably do Rock Island at the end, or was that something that maybe you looked at later on after having some su- success throughout the season?
1: That all actually just popped up because of Josh Lane. Josh Lane <laughs> okay. put all of, basically, all the top shifter car drivers, he made basically made us come. Um, and put you
0: on blast. Yeah,
1: yeah, he put us all on blast on social media, made us look <laughs> like a bunch of babies. So, um, him, you know, myself, Billy, Jake, And a lot of other Austin Wilkins came back out, so a lot of guys showed up for that one. And it's like, okay, these all these guys are coming out for this fun street race that I've never been to, that I've read about, that I've seen all these pictures of the king being crowned in the magazines back in the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah, this is the year to go do this race.
0: So you you go and do it. And you know, I've run Shifter at Rock Island a couple of times these days. Or uh, when I stopped racing back in two thousand fifteen, having had to go, you know, do my my road to Indy conflict. Uh, what do you think about running a 125 there? Uh, 175, pardon me. I was in a 125, you're in a 175. That place rips because it's nothing but 90 degree corners and you are just carrying so much speed around there.
1: Yeah, it's it's insane. And <laughs> it's funny, after first practice, I walk over to Billy's Pit and I go, so what do you think? And we just both looked at each other and we were like, S- this is sketchy. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, but I love it. And
0: exactly, it's I felt just, the same
1: way. Yeah, it's just such an awesome... It's an awesome event. That was actually my favorite event of the year so far, just because there's such a, there's actually a, a really good crowd of people there. I mean, you go to some street race and you're like, okay, yeah, this is cool. There's five, 600 people here. That's awesome. But that place, man, there's people roaring when you win the race or when you're coming around yep. and it's just insane. I mean, after we won that race, there were people throwing stuff at me, you know, like just <laughs> whatever it was paper and stuff like that you know, uh recording on their phone saying do donuts do donuts so it was just it was awesome to to connect with i guess i want to call it the real world and karting connecting yeah. like that is such a it's so good for the sport and um honestly i wish there were more events like that throughout the year
0: now and not only that you, you obviously get the victory you know there's the you got the cape you got the uh the crown it's it's big you do the donuts everything's fantastic you get tons of social media for that Dude, you beat you beat the heavy hitters, right? Musgrave, uh, Jake French, Rory VanderSteer. The, the lineup was stout in the in the King of the Streets uh, main event, and just another feather in your cap, put it on the resume that you're able to, to to win against those guys as well.
1: Yeah, that was that was awesome. I mean that that was honestly a huge confidence booster for me. Um, I've I've raced with those guys in the past. We've duked it out in the past, but the difference was I've. I've been away for a while and they've been at it. So I know they've gotten better as drivers um, over the years. And even the little bit I've raced them this year when I've been in pro two, we've had speed to be there, but, you know, I'd make a mistake. I'd do this, I'd do that. So um, for for us to go out there and start 13th, run those guys down, and win the race with, with two to go was was just showed a lot about the hard work that we've put in as a team. I mean, everybody from, from Frank to – J three competition and CompCart, Cart, um, BCRE and the whole Hard Motorsports Group. Everything MRC did for me at Pro Tour, it's been a group effort. I can't take I can't take all the credit because if the chassis weren't working so well and the engines weren't running so good, that wouldn't have happened. And um, everybody's really been working hard and believing in me and giving me their best effort, and I can just do the same in return. And finally, finally, we've been able to race those guys toe to toe and showed that we are here to race.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Folks, getting the chance to talk to Race Liberante here again. uh, Currently the number 11 ranked driver in the EKN driver rankings, but probably only because there's a little less ranking points for the drivers in Pro 2 to Pro 1. This is a guy you're going to see running uh, for a Pro 1 championship in 2020 on the Scusa Pro Tour. After this break, we're going to talk to Race a little bit more about his company, Liberante Race Group, uh, what he's doing to help People getting into the sport, making sure they're loving it and enjoying it, getting better at it. Talk about the uh, the F Series Gear Up Challenge that he supports as well. Lots more to come here on the EKN Radio Network. One little quick break here, folks. Join us after we get back. Cometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Cometic carting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kemetic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kemetic's fiber materials are asbestos as free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kometic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kemetic Gaskets Ceiling championships since 1989. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are used as the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, the Route 66 Sprint Series, the Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium HCI Red, the soft FC Yellow, or the super soft Green YZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in
2: stock. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires,
0: for the driver. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Carding Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products, led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis and we CNC machine the finest carting products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the U.S.A. PKT, what's in your cart? Welcome back to the EKN Radio Networks. My, my name is Rob Howden. This is an episode of the Hot Seat. Uh, as we get to one of the drivers, put them in a hot seat uh, and, and go take a little deep dive into their career and what they've been doing uh, throughout this season. Uh, Race Liberante joining me here today. And of course, Race, pr- pretty much the, the it guy in terms of shifter cart racing right now. You got your Billy Musgraves, you got your Jake French's, you got your other big dogs like, like AJ Myers and Kyle Wick. But it's been a really interesting story to watch Race kind of develop, get back into the sport, uh, on the, on the top end as well. But not only is he a top end guy running in the SCUSA Pro Tour, winning at the Battle of the Brickyard, winning the King of the Streets at Rock Island, but he's also not only just at the national level, he's at the other part of the pyramid that, you know, that base grassroots part race. Let's, let's start talking about Liberanti race group. Uh, we talked a bit about the fact that you kind of started in Mooresville. You moved to, um, to, to, to Pittsburgh being up in the Northeast, you're working, you know, you're, you doing a lot of stuff with the F series Marco old offers program, which is a, which is a great regional series that has a ton of support. You're working at uh, Pittsburgh race complex as well. Can we just talk a little bit about the company itself and everything you do? Because it's not just driver coaching; it's not just trackside support. You're an engine builder now as well. Talk about the engine building program too.
1: Yeah, so we um, we started Lebrante Race Group last year, and and I grew up building my own engines. Um, my dad built a lot of our stuff, and I, I had the opportunity to learn a lot from guys like Darcy DeCosti and and um, um, everybody at High Rev um, when when Josh Osborne worked there. J.O. worked there and all these other guys that I grew up around, Um, I had the opportunity to learn that stuff early. So when some of my customers were like, man, I don't want to ship this thing out and blah, 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 and it's such a headache, I'm like, well, I can do it. And it just kind of started from there. So I was just kind of maintaining my customer stuff for a little while, building my own stuff still, and um, and it just kind of developed and we branded it MoTorque Racing Engines kind of like for more torque. Um, it's just a stepchild of Liberante Race Group and it's actually honestly been one of our biggest successes. We've, we've done a lot with guys at the F Series. So since we're, like you said, in the Northeast, we're trying to just make it local. I'm not here to compete against Allison and Walcher and, and uh, Musgrave and these guys, but I'm just a local option for the guys in my region.
0: And I think that's key because one of the things about the industry is, you know, there's, there's lots of names of guys that, that will support national level racing regional club, whatever it may be. But, you know, I think the power of our sport, the strength of our sport and the way we're able to grow uh to grow it and, and support it is having certain people focus on just club racing and, or just the regional events as well. And I think to be able to have a strong, a strong shop at Pittsburgh and to run the F series and to be in the Northeast along with a driver like you of your caliber, you're able to do a lot with the young drivers as well in terms of driver coaching as well, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, I set aside two days a week to do just driver coaching with um, usually we structure it in a couple hour blocks with each of them. Um, I'll travel to races with some of these guys I, I work with and it actually gels really well with comp cart because a lot of our dealers, while their newer drivers, I'll come out and I'll even race, but I'll, you know, instead of me, they'll supply a mechanic and I'll, I'll just coach the rest of the kids the rest of the day and we'll do data and I'll hop in a go-kart and get some good data so that we can, we can keep overlaying that with the kids. So, um, it, it actually works out really well with everybody at J3 as well, because all of our dealers have newer drivers and it's, and it's something that now I can help them to help promote and it's just a double win for both of us. So, um, yeah, the coaching side of it's been, been great. A lot of people, and it's actually, believe it or not, I wasn't getting much coaching days from guys before I got back in the seat. Cause when I moved out to North Carolina, I, I didn't travel as a kid racing. We stayed in California, Las Vegas, or, you know, Nevada, um, Arizona Utah. We kind of never left the West side of the, the country. Yeah. And so when I moved out to North Carolina, a lot of people like, well, who's this guy trying to coach people? You know, and and I, I get it. I didn't really make a name for myself. It wasn't until this year when we started really doing well in the shifter stuff that that side of the business has really been growing other than the key customers I already had.
0: Well, that's what it is, right? You're essentially—I don't say reintroducing yourself, probably just simply introducing yourself because the time you spent in carding was quite a while back before you transitioned into the stock car program. So really, you're just kind of showing everybody what you're able to do uh, yourself. It's—it's—it's it's, it's your calling card, right? It's like, hey, I could coach you, and they're going to say, well, what have you done? <laughs> well, I right. say, well, I've done this, and right. that's obviously going to help you out in a big way too.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's um it's really helped escalate everything and it's I think it's just become a win-win. Um like I said, I'm just pro karting and then so working with J3, you know, in the engine side of things and the entry level side of things with the F series, we've I've been really heavy on the Rotax program with them and and that's been really successful for the, all these regional guys that run the F series because that's one of the only open tack programs left. Mm. And um, we've just found We've just found so much success, and and when I say success, that means you know happy customers, guys that want to keep carding, getting the sport that are getting their buddies into the sport, and that's what honestly all of this was built for. That's the whole reason I'm even doing any of this is because I see, and it's no you know surprise that this sport's not as big as it was when when I was growing up in it. Um, there's not as many clubs left around, so I'm trying to do my part to get that back to get more guys in the seat because all that's going to do is just better the sport. It betters our industry. Um, and, and honestly, I want to see a professional side of carding in the United States, a true professional side of carding. And that doesn't start until we build the local crowd.
0: I do agree with that. And, and, you know, over the 25 years I've been doing this, there's been a lot of talk about trying to have a, a professional level of, of karting. And I think it every once in a while it gets closer, then it steps back a little bit. And of course, the recession in, in 2009 changed a lot of things. Uh, here, here's my question for you then, Race. Uh, you, you're, you obviously, have, you've established yourself uh, as a, a core supporter in the Northeast of, of the, the, you know, the club events, the club track. Deal at Pittsburgh, uh, the F Series, which is key, in the regional program as well. What What are your thoughts on on bringing new people into the sport? Is it Is it trying to get friends of existing racers already racing? Is it trying to work with indoor tracks potentially to to get people to come outdoor? What's What are your thoughts on on trying to potentially grow the grassroots level of racing?
1: I think there's multiple ways to do it. Um, Right now, like in our case, we have a couple displays on some indoor tracks. I offer. For their indoor league championship, the winner gets a day in the LO206 at pit race in a comp cart. So, um, yeah, a small stepping stone into that. Um, Honestly, I think a lot of it's just tracks in their local communities, marketing that or even street races. I mean, there's so many ways to get people into the sport. I've been all over all my, everybody I meet at the track, tell your friends to come do this. I'll rent them a go-kart hundred bucks for the whole day. I don't care. I just want to see more people racing here next month. And that's key. Yeah. And it's just, just getting people in the seat. I think once people f- feel the, the rush you get in a go-kart or racing in general, I think that changes everything's, everybody's perspective on racing. Um, when you get in and actually do it, it's a whole different world. And I don't mean, I I guess it would start at an indoor track, but I mean, getting in a real go-kart and feeling the grip that it has and all the things that comes with it. I mean, I I think you were actually on a hot seat with Musgrave when he said he got in a cart and there was nothing like it. And that's that's how I feel every time I get in one. I've raced everything you can race under the sun. And I always come back to karting because there's nothing as pure as karting. And honestly, I wouldn't, I love the community. I'm so happy and fortunate that I was raised in such a great community. You learn so much being involved in racing growing up, um, about yourself and about really honestly how you should, um, you you should handle yourself to the public and, and to other people. Um, so I just think it's such a great sport to be involved in that there's just no way that it's, it's, it could ever go away. So I'm doing my part to keep it here and grow it and, and honestly, do anything we can. So my answer to your question is I don't have that answer, but we're trying every single way we can. Honestly, I think it's just any all those different scenarios are going to bring more people in the karting, the street races, the displays at the indoor track, the prizes to get into the carding, uh marketing to the public, things like that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And I, and I most definitely agree with your, your thoughts on, on the motorsports community, the karting community. It's, it's the people that have kept me in this thing for 25 years because, you know, week in and week out, you get a chance to, to go hang out with friends and, and be part of the sport that we all love. Now, all right. Okay. So we're getting close to the end of this here. We got a couple things more to do. Let's talk about plans for 2020. You know what? The first and foremost, I know that a lot of people probably figured, Hey, Race Liberante just won the Pro Shifter 2 class like so many people do, he's jumping up to pro one for the super Nats. If I'm not mistaken. That's not the case, right? The program you guys had was let's win the championship and let's go pro two, pro two racing at the super Nats and let's win there as well.
1: Yeah. So we're going to finish out the year in pro two. I made an agreement with everybody that's involved that we would, um, we would stick with this for the whole year. Uh, honestly, there's no point to go to the biggest race of the year and dive in the deep end. Um, so, we've, we've got our program set already. We had a plan in motion from Cal speed and we haven't deviated from that. So, um, yes, that will be my last pro two race. And next year we are going to hit it hard at the winter series and pro one or pro shifter and still do the pro tour. I'm going to do, I'm definitely going to Quincy this year. I saw some videos of that. I'm going to that (laughs) race.
0: That was my next question. I'm gonna uh, are, are you going to do Brickyard? Are you going to do Quincy? Uh, are you going to defend the crown at Rock Island? Are you potentially going to go down to the Lockhart Grand Prix, the street race in Texas? You know, there's lots of opportunities.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes to all of those things. Um, <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes, and yes. yes.
1: Not only are they awesome race events, but again, it's promoting the sport of karting by drivers, great drivers going there. So I encourage everybody to go to these Battle at the Brickyards, these uh, Elkhart Grand Prix, all these all these street races that these guys put on is for the community of karting to grow. And agreed. Yes, I will be there supporting that 100%. So my, yeah, my schedule is pretty full. It's going to look a lot like this year. Um, maybe a little bit of the, uh, I'm I'm probably going to do the rock winter tour as well. Um, just to stay fresh in the seat and race guys like AJ weekly. Um, so that, that'll be good. And, doing the Rotax Nationals again, supporting all the Rotax events, and then the F-Series.
0: There you go. There's next year. All right, so here we go now. The way we cap off this hot seat uh, race, and I'm sure you probably listened to it, we do what we call the the EKN Fast Five. So I've got five questions for you. Um, Are you ready to rock here? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the EKN Fast Five. Joining me today, Race Liberante, top driver in the shifter cart category here in North America, winner of the Skuza Pro Tour in the Pro Shifter 2 class. He also was the winner at the USAC Carding battle at the Brickyard. He was the winner at the King of the Streets, Rock Island Grand Prix. He's got the crown. He is ready to go for the Fast Five. Race, are you ready? One more time.
1: Yes, sir. Let's do it.
0: All right, here we go. Uh, question number one of the Fast Five. What was your first kart? And give me some detail on that first kart. Everybody wants to know what your first kart was.
1: It was a Techno Kid Kart with a Comer 50cc engine on it. It was probably a 1996.
0: That's awesome. Where did you race it? Was it at Willow Springs? Is that where you were first driving?
1: Yep. Willow Springs was 15 minutes from the house. So that's where we raced for the first three or four years of my karting career.
0: I love it. Question number two. What is your favorite kart track?
1: Ooh, my favorite <laughs> kart track would have to be Shawano, Wisconsin.
0: Ooh, USA International Raceway. Yes, that's I love that place. And and why? Some you know, the funny thing is, it's not a track that's used that much, actually, at all anymore. But even in recent years, uh, can you talk talk about the track and what you like about it? That
1: track, just the elevation change that it had there, um, how fast it was. I mean that that track to took some you know what's to get around it fast and it was just it was just fun i just always had a smile on my face when i did get to drive around it and it was only one time i got to drive there but from that day on that was absolutely my favorite track to this day
0: one of the cool things about shauna is, and when we always had it with, with the back in the magazine days and even with with E-cardi news is the fact that the photographers would do such a great job you know todd mccall would be there from on track promotion and because of the elevation changes, there was always that place where he, he could get a shot where the cart was on one wheel. You know, it was just on on just on the right rear tire coming over, you know, just as it crests the hill. The elevation change of that place, incredible. I love that track too. Yeah,
2: All we right, need to go back. Question
0: number three. What was the biggest win or what has been the biggest win in your karting career?
1: Um, I'm honestly going to say this year's Rock Island Grand Prix uh-huh. um, in my karting career. Yeah, I, I, I think between the competition that was there, kind of where we started, how the weekend was going the whole time. Um and then just just, you know, it was one of those races where growing up in the West Coast, I never got to go to that race, but every time I got a Go Racing magazine or a National Karting News magazine, it was a picture, you know, in the summer, the late summer was a picture of somebody with a crown on. and (laughs) in the streets and it was like a giant festival and i was like man that looks that looks pretty sweet so that was what a race i actually always wanted to go to and i always wanted to race um and it just so happens that this was the first year we got to go do it and and to, to come home with that crown was was pretty awesome
0: i love it uh race liberante in the hot seat today we're doing the fast five here number four who is your biggest rival
1: my biggest rival, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's Billy, actually. Um, you know, we, Billy Musgrave. Yeah. Billy yep. Musgrave and I have, have gone back quite a few years and, um, we, I started an S5 when he started karting. So he was an S3 at the time, or I forgot what they called it. There was a different, um, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, airport, yeah. He was you're a right. rookie right.
1: shifter kart, whatever you want yep. to call that. And, um, we all raced together. So S5 and, and rookie shifter were together and, so even when I was 13 years old banging gears and he was 16 or 17 getting used to it and kind of getting into the sport we were duking it out for the overall win. And that never changed. He he moved into S2 and had a lot of success there and um and I moved into S2 as well and we we immediately started battling it out and then that's kind of when I when I moved into car stuff and and now that I'm come back, I mean Billy's such a he's a supporter of my racing for one with the engine stuff he's done for me in the summer. But, that, um, you know, regardless, him and I are still trying to beat each other every single weekend.
0: <laughs> are you looking forward to going head-to-head with him in, in Pro 1 next year?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. We're, we're um, you know, maybe ambitious, but we're shooting for the top next year. And I know oh. he's going to be right there shooting for it, too.
0: Final question of the Fast Five, Race, Race Liberante. Who has been your biggest mentor or influence?
1: My biggest mentor influence in my racing career has got to be my father. Um, He's done. I mean, he's done everything for me to get to the point I'm at now. Um, Not you know, he he may not be financially supporting me anymore, but he's a phone call away if I need some advice, if I need to calm down, if honestly, if I need any tuning help, if I've gotten to the point where um, you know I've I've hit a rock in a hard place, tuning the engine or tuning the chassis, he's He's always there to kind of help me, and he's always, he's always helped me mentally through the race weekend. So yeah, my father would have to be the biggest influence in my karting career.
0: Well, Race, it sounds to me like your dad, Brian, obviously setting you on the right uh, path because 24 years ago you were born, they picked your name. Races—you were pretty much set to be a race car driver, right?
1: Yeah, and that's um, that's what everybody says, and yeah, that's <laughs> you know that's it's never going to change. That's it's not just my name; it's my way of life. And I know that's cheesy and corny, but it's not—it's absolutely that. true. I love racing more than anything in the world. I mean, for for this to be going twenty years strong, and it just feels like yesterday I started doing it, and I can't wait to keep doing it. i know mean, honestly my lifelong dream is to be racing super mad. Mass- I want to be John Crow. That's what yes. I want to be. When I'm old, I want to be John Crow,
0: <laughs> who's still bad fast, right? Exactly.
1: I want to go be able to beat 15 year old kids in shifter carts like he does. That's 50 years old. That's awesome. You know what?
0: That is a really good goal. Ahead of that goal, obviously you've got the, you've got your team, you've got and and the engine shop, everything you're doing with Liberanti Race Group. You're obviously uh, you know working your way into to be battling out for the top drivers in the pro shifter cart category. We talked before we started here. There is still a desire for you to potentially somehow find a way to get into cars, right? It's it's the idea is to do this for a living as a career. You still look holding on to that dream and 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 not giving up on on trying to get yourself into cars.
1: Yeah, and, and that's absolutely correct. I mean, any opportunity that presents itself, of course, I would love to entertain. And I'm still going to strive to to make a career out of my racing. I hit a bump in in the road along the way when the NASCAR thing didn't really pan out, but. Um, I think there's, there's definitely opportunity for more for myself. I think there's still untapped potential for myself and a lot of things that I think I can do in this sport as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I'm keeping the, the door wide open for anybody that you know wants to help me out or any opportunities that come up in a car or anything. But my goal would be to go to Trans Am and then work into some sort of a sports car ride eventually if I can. So, yeah, the dream's still there. But for now, I'm focused on building karting as a sport, building my racing career for the better and just taking it day by day.
0: Well, anytime you're trying to get a ride and I don't care what it is in karting, you have to come in with a resume and what you've done here in 2019 so far is building a resume that will make people turn and look because there's no doubt about it you've uh, you've won the races you need to win, you've stepped up to run essentially pro level racing. And the way you approach the sport, I'm very, very impressed. And that's why I wanted to have you here on on the hot seat, because what you've done this year, and I've watched you over your career, which has been amazing. It's awesome to have you back. And and just the way you present yourself and carry yourself, uh, you got a fan of me, that's for sure. And I hope that you do get an opportunity to do something. Race, let's you know. Obviously, people listening—if in, if they do want to follow you on social media, give me give me all your social media channels: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you use. Let's and give us the the website as well for the Liber- Liberante Race Group.
1: Yeah, you can find everything out uh, about Liberante Race Group at liberanteracegroup dot com. Follow it on Instagram as well, Liberante Race Group. Um, you can follow my personal Instagram, race underscore Liberante. Uh, Facebook again, race Liberante. So yeah, if you guys ever updates or anything like that it's pretty active every day on that stuff so um
0: you uh, last but not least you got some great sponsors i know one of the first things we did at the start of the year was take a picture of that badass liquid sky suit <laughs> when we were at uh at cal speed you got a lot of great sponsors that support you as well
1: yeah definitely do first and foremost frank baldozier and catawba farms and Zier vineyards um they've supported me and helped me through this whole year none of this would be possible without them j3 competition The Giacomellis and Justin Stefani, just huge, huge mentors in my life right now. They've just been helping me with business, racing, driving, uh, the whole organization, the whole nine yards. Everything that organization does there is just phenomenal, and they've helped me so much. Comkart, for just the best go-kart on the market, hands down, literally one of the only American-based Italian-made factory karts. So, um, super happy to be with those guys. And the whole road tax program has helped me out a lot. MRC, Liquid Sky, of course, for the awesome suit. Stila Helmets USA and and uh, Zmax Lubricants.
0: Race, thank you so much for joining me on the hot seat, buddy. I appreciate it. You're done. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. There it is, folks. Race Liverotti, definitely a name to know. I look forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do in 2020, but he still has the Supernats to cap off what has been a tremendous season in Pro Shifter 2 category, winning the Scusa Championship, winning the Rock Island King of the Streets, winning the Battle of the Brickyard. This guy is racking up wins to fill up the resume as he looks forward to continuing his program in karting and as well potentially into the Trans Am and sports car world. Uh, great to have Race with us here folks on the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining us for another podcast. This has been episode number 5 of The Hot Seat. Race Liberanti doing a tremendous job for us. Folks, thank you for joining us. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.